Okay, so the RBA didn't lift rates yesterday, so let's have another go. Today, the RBNZ will lift rates, and the RBA, well, will they go next time? Or is this a longer pause, or have we reached the end of the line for rate hikes? We'll dig into all of that today. For those who aren't distracted by what's going on in Manhattan this morning, it's Wednesday, the 5th of April, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down half percent on the DXY this morning. The euro is up half percent. The pound has gained 0.7 percent. The Aussie dollar down half percent, even against that falling US dollar. It's at 67.5 US cents now. Bond yields are generally down. Ten-year treasuries down seven basis points, 3.35 percent. Remember when they were 4 percent less than a month ago? Uh, two years, incidentally, down 11 basis points this morning. Very little movement in European bonds, although what there is tends to be up rather than down. Aussie 10 years yesterday, though, down six basis points to 3.26%, down a bit more on futures overnight. And in the US, equities are down. The Nasdaq down half percent. The S&P 500 and Dow have both lost 0.6%. In Europe, a half percent fall for the FTSE 100, but the euro stocks 50, marginally up. And oil today, well, it was pushing higher again, but then a switch in direction. Later in trade, WTI managing to only just stay in the green. Brent actually down 0.2%, falling back below $85. So, just as we predicted, uh, the RBA didn't lift rates yet. Yeah, well, hang on. No, we actually said they would, and they didn't. Uh, so there we are. Uh, let's leave it to Nabs Rodrigo Cotrill to try and get us out of this one. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think we did say that if it wasn't this time, it would certainly be next time. So is that how we see it, or could this be a, a, a pause that goes on for a bit? Um, yeah, morning, Phil. Thank you. Uh, yes, so certainly the, the tone in the RBA uh, statement is also very important, not just the fact that they, they didn't uh, hike. Uh, but also that they sounded less, if you like, hawkish in terms of the guidance. Um, mm. uh, in particular, for instance, uh, the introduction of some further tightening of monetary policy, um, whereas in the past was uh, further tightening. So that's slightly uh, less right. uh, hawkish, if you like. Uh, and also, May be needed. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So the, the previous statement was will be needed. And, and now mm. it says may well be needed. Uh, suggests a, a turning down in terms of that tightening bias. So that's important to note. Uh, but when you read the statement as well, the, the RBA notes how it remains concerned about the tightness of the labor market and the implications of uh, a potential wage growth spiral. Um, so that's important because in our view, we're still very concerned about, or not concerned, but we, we, we're conscious of the fact that the minimum wage is likely to set uh, potentially at a higher rate than last year, so that's uh, north of 5%. Um, the enterprise agreements, particularly in the public sector, still need to be resolved. And uh, um, uh, again, there's a bias there or risk that they, it could well be well above that 4% that the RBA is, is seen as sort of the top limit, if you like, uh, from a wage uh, implications for inflation. Um, mm. so, so there's still a lot to play out in terms of how the labor market will react in, in Australia. The labor market is still very tight. Um, yeah. And if anything, the lessons from uh, you know, what we're seeing around the globe is that the consumer and the labor market has re- remained resilient. It's taken a lot longer uh, to soften, um, you know, not only in the US, but also in New Zealand and, and in Europe and in the UK as well. So uh, if, if the international experience is any guide, um, you know, this, this softness of, of the consumer that the RBA, RBA talks about uh, may actually take a little bit longer to, to, to unfold here as well. So overall, uh, this means that uh, the RBA is still very much data dependent. And um, uh, in terms of the 
uh, coming data uh, ahead of the next meeting. Uh, the big one, of course, will be uh, the Q1 CPI on the 26th of April. Uh, we got to remember that uh, the monthly CPI showed signs of easing. Um, uh, but again, that CPI measure is, is quite a new measure. It doesn't account for everything, uh, and particularly doesn't account quite a lot of the services inflation. Uh, so yeah. we may well get a very different read uh, on the inflation uh, in, at the end of April. So that will be super important in terms of what the RBA does next. So why have so, the, so now, why so why the pause right now? Because I mean, the, what you've just described makes it seem a little bit risky. I mean, okay, they're, they're on hold while they wait for the data, but I mean, those inflationary pressures, as you described, are still there. I mean, service demand's high, unemployment's still very low, wages are continuing to grow. I mean, they've they've seen household spending falling away. So I guess that's they're wanting to see what what happens yeah. there. But, uh, but I, I mean, is it a bit risky on their part? Well, I suppose the other thing to note here is, is how the RBA has taken quite a different approach compared to other central banks in terms of its yeah. willingness to be patient. They, they are super patient in terms of allowing that inflation to come down. Uh, compared to other central banks. So, for instance, you know, the Bank of Canada paused, but, but they see inflation getting back within the band, um, you know, by the middle of next year. Uh, whereas we don't see inflation, or the RBA doesn't see inflation coming down below 3% by early 2025, and yet they're willing to pause. So, so the risk to this, mm. and, and this is why within the Q1 number will be important in terms of inflation, is that if there's any signs that inflation is not falling as quickly as the RBA expects, then it, we think it will force the hand to, to, to you know, tighten policy. Um, and we, we um, of course, so, haven't seen their forecasts, have we, since the, the February statement on monetary policy, which seems a, a while ago now. So will we, when will we next hear what their forecasts are. For example, Philip Lowe is talking in the National Press Club at lunchtime today, which which will be interesting. Will he have some numbers to share with us, do you well, think? Well, I, I suppose the implication of all of this is that um, relative to February forecast, uh, the thinking, the current thinking of the RBA will be that inflation is probably coming down a little, a little bit faster than they had previously expected. If not, it will be difficult to justify the, the rationale. Yeah. Um, so mm. uh, by when May comes along, they, they will have that information in terms of um, uh, the Q1 CPI. Um, but they won't have that information in terms of wage pressures, which, which comes uh, on the 17th of May. So um, that, that will, they yeah. will have to wait a little bit longer. But uh, uh, overall, uh, what Governor Law says today will again be important because not only he will frame the rationale, uh, but also hopefully uh, again re-emphasize the view that uh, the data dependency and how important not only the Q1 CPI reading is, but also you know the labor market update, which comes on uh, in 10 days, some 13th of April, as well as the NAP survey, which again, you will remember that the NAP survey came out quite quite solidly, and particularly in terms of those price pressures, um, they're, they're really sort of more, they stop falling, they, they remain elevated at quite a high level. So, um, so, you know, in terms of that rationale for inflation to come down quickly, uh, we're not, we do not have that evidence yet. Um, so we'll have to wait to see how that data flow plays out. So there's out. another dimension to all of this as well, isn't there? Because the RBA is under review. Uh, Jim Chalmers uh, has called this an opportunity to renovate the RBA. Uh, and we're going to have to wait a couple of weeks to see the report. But we will see it before the next meeting. Uh, the Treasurer got it on Friday with all the, all the recommendations. So could it, for example, change the inflation target or, you know, any other element of the remit more broadly uh, or the makeup of the board? I mean, yeah. this could be 
quite significant, couldn't it? And I wonder if it played any part in their decision. You know, have they got wind of what the change is? Um, yeah, hard to tell. I, I would have thought that maybe they, they have an idea of what's coming. Um, uh, in mm. terms of, as your opening remark, um, the charms, charms talked about this idea, the opportunity to make some changes. So we should expect some changes. Um, and in particular, that this, uh, given press reports and commentaries, uh, there's a general sense that uh, some tweaking will be expected in terms of the the um, the write-up about that two to three percent inflation target. Um, in terms of more clarification, if you like, on what does on average over time mean in terms of how quickly um, um, the RBA needs to bring inflation back to, to target. So again, important because at the moment the RBA is super patient compared to how other central banks have reacted to inflation. Um, and, and in that as well, uh, uh, probably more clarity in terms of how uh, the conflict, for instance, between full employment and financial stability uh, targets or objectives marry up with this idea that the 2 to 3% to inflation target is in theory the more important target. So that will be important because it may well force the hand uh, for the RBA to be a little bit more... Um, uh, um, I suppose uh, in a hurry to, to bring inflation down relative to what it is today. So, uh, and as you mentioned, also the issue around the board appointments will be important. Um, there's a general sense that there's, there's an appetite or, gui or guidance from, from the report for um, having a, a more experienced or, or uh, 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 economically minded, uh, if you like, uh, board members. Um, uh, but that, again, in terms of how quickly or how, how you make those changes, uh, that, that will have implications because if you want to make more drastic changes, you will probably need to change the act. And that obviously implies change to, to the law. Yeah. And, and that also implies more time. Exactly. Nothing uh, happens so, there. Look, let's move, we are running out of time, by the way. So let's move quickly around the, around the world because we saw uh, more evidence of a slowdown in the United States, didn't we? Factory orders down 0.7% month on month overnight on top of 2.1% uh, down in January. That's quite a uh, downward revision as well on that, that January number, whilst job openings have fallen a lot too. 9.9 .9 million in February, still a lot of jobs around, but down from almost 10.6 million in, in January. So that's a, a a positive sign, I guess. Certainly a positive sign of, of a knees in those tight and that tightness in the labour market. So, um, you know, also that employment, uh, the number of openings per employment fell to 1.6 um, and, the, and the jobs uh, opening is the lowest level since May 21. So it's a significant decline and when you look in the chart it sort of uh, re it reinstates this downward trend that, that looked to have stalled uh, previously so it is certainly encouraging and the, the reaction of the market has certainly been uh, consistent with that we're seeing a decent uh, bull steepening of the curve so a decline in US Treasury yields led by the front end of the curve um, and also a little bit of a pullback in terms of expectations for another rate hike uh, by, by the Fed so now it's looking more like 50-50 uh, and certainly, as, as, you, as you mentioned, that decline in the US dollar is consistent with its expectations that uh, the, the Fed is, is pro probably very close to being done in terms of this tightening cycle. It's your message, doesn't it, that's going around the world, perhaps, uh, apart from maybe the RBNZ. We'll come into that in just a second. But some interesting data from Europe as well yesterday. Uh, producer prices in the euro area have fallen more than expected in February. Great news. German trade data. An increase, quite a big increase in imports and exports. Imports up 4.6% month on month, for example. The expectation was 1% after a 1.4% drop in January. So more trade, falling prices. That's what we want to see, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Um, and there was sort of, you know, particularly coming from uh, out of the winter, Germany had not come out very strongly. Uh, but then 
now those PMIs as well as, as those uh, factory orders are suggesting that you know maybe maybe things are not are not so bad and and the, uh, Germany is, is actually uh, particularly when you look at those import numbers that's that's very encouraging in terms of this sort of um, increasing activity coming from Germany. So uh, yeah. certainly a welcome um, news. Well, increasing activity is good if prices are coming down. But interestingly, Hugh Pill from the Bank of England talking overnight at the, the Graduate Institute in Geneva was talking about how uh, low energy prices of late, I mean, he must have written this a few days ago because they're going back up again, of course, but but generally uh, lower priced energy could push inflation down. But he warns that could also boost demand, which could impact inflation upwards in the medium term and they need to closely monitor that i mean talk about an each way bet yes and if anything i'm, I'm gonna to have to bring the rba back into this because uh you know one of the key messages of uh hugh phil is this idea of persistent inflation so we have inflation that is elevated mm. um and sure it might be coming down but it's still at a very high level and and the risk of that when you have um you know long prices remaining elevated is that it can bed down into expectations and then you can end up having expectations for inflation to, to remain persistently high. And, and that's, the, that's the danger. And that's when it becomes harder to bring inflation down. And that's one of the sort of concerns around the, the RBA approach that is too patient to, to bring inflation down. Yeah. And therefore, you might embed these expectations of high inflation remaining higher for longer. So what about the RBNZ then? So we are expecting that they will do a 25 basis point hike. Uh, I feel like we've heard this before. For. Are we sure? Are we absolutely sure this time that yes. that's what they're going to do today? Definitely, definitely. And and I think that it feels like a safer bet because it's worth pointing out that the, the market is well priced for this. Uh, in fact, the market is actually 26 and a half basis point price hike for today. So uh, it seems like a good bet that the, the RBN said will deliver on that. Uh, the question mark will be whether this is it, whether taking the cash rate towards 5%. Uh, that being said, it's done. Um, uh, the price pressures will still remain elevated in, in New Zealand, but more recent data in terms of activity uh, and even the QSBO survey yesterday is showing a, an ease in those uh, pressures as well as an ease in, in the labor market uh, tightness. So certainly traveling in the right direction um, and hopefully um, if the data continues to, to fall, fall in that way, maybe they don't need to go again in, in July. But at this stage, uh, the market is is sort of leaning towards the idea there's at least one more hike there. Right. Okay. Now, it's jobs, isn't it, really, for the rest of the week? So we get non-farm payrolls on Good Friday. We get the ADP numbers tonight in the United States as well. And the ISM Services Index, which, you know, important to see overall, but it also includes an employment component in it as well. So lots of important numbers out today. Yes. So if you think about the services sector being the biggest portion of the economy um, and uh, expectations are for, for the index to remain pre, pre-buoyant in terms of uh, um, uh, expansion at 54.4, that will be one big takeaway that it re- the, the services sector still remains buoyant in the U.S., but just as importantly will be the details, uh, particularly in terms of prices paid, employment and new orders. Uh, all those sub indices printed very, very, very strongly uh, in in February, um, and further evidence of again another month of strong prints uh, will will suggest that maybe those inflationary pressures and tightness in the labour market in the US will take longer to to ease. Uh, but again, any soft number uh, will play into the price action that we're seeing this week. You know, lower yields and, and softer US dollar.
Right. Okay. And also today, German factory orders, France's industrial production as well. But I think those US numbers are more important, aren't they? Plus, of course, what Philip Lowe says at lunchtime today. And, you know, I do wonder whether, you know, he listens in to, to our... He should do, shouldn't he? And if he is, I'm wondering whether we should get him to send a signal. I mean, it might be a bit embarrassing just to say, you know, I listened to the morning call uh, to yeah. a crowded room. But he could send us a signal, couldn't he, in his speech today, like a key word, if he's listening... If you're, if you yeah, or if, if if there's any journalist listening, ask him whether you know what are you doing well, in the morning. Exactly. Do you listen yeah. to your podcast when you go to work? If not, just use the word bias somewhere in yeah. your speech. And if you use the word bias or uh, expectations. Uh, <laughs> or inf- inflation. Use any of those yeah, words. Then we, right. uh, then we know that you're listening if you use those words. If you use all three, we're absolutely con- <laughs> absolutely confirms it. Anyway, uh, good to talk. We'll get you on again soon, Rodrigo. Thanks, thanks for and thanks for cu- thanks for explaining why we uh, got the red call wrong. Uh, <laughs> unlucky for you to be on the schedule this morning. Yeah, thanks for asking. <laughs> see you soon. Cheers. Well, that's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Got out. We're right about the RBNZ.